Welcome to the Three Thirds Mac One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number twenty-seven. I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Hello, hello, hello. I'm. Uh, I, you're going through crystal clear, Simon, because you've got um, you've got a microphone, haven't you? I am. Yeah. Surely I'm not the only one with a microphone, Ross. Well, no, I'm hoping I'm quite crystal clear, but I'm. Cheesy, you're just a little bit muffled. I'm the only one without. I think I need to work. I think I need to work on my acoustics. Oh, Amazon! This is revelation. Well, I, th- I thought you were just uh, a little bit extra tired because I've delayed the recording of the podcast this week because I uh, at the last at the last moment decided to order pizza for tea. You did, which so. I mean, Ross yeah. is taken very badly. Yeah. <laughs> So I had salmon, new potatoes, and broccoli for my tea, which is very healthy. A great Tuesday tea, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't particularly like salmon. So because the kids like salmon and Claire likes salmon, I buy, like, because it's cheaper to buy salmon altogether and then cut it up afterwards. I do that. And then what I do is I douse it in sweet chilli sauce. So Mitch makes it acceptable for me to eat. So I never feel like fulfilled after I've had salmon because I always think I'm just kind of eating this because it's there rather than this is what I want. And then when you message saying, can we delay recording because I've just ordered a pizza? Ah, well, my pizza craving suddenly took over. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, th- I like, I, I don't, I, I had, um, I had a salad at dinner with my lasagna and wedges and uh, there was, there was a lot of red onion in it. So I had a red onion taste in my mouth, which I wanted to get rid of as well. So I thought, oh. just you, the way you said that was as if you'd had a salad for dinner. Yeah, <laughs> but you hadn't. You had lasagna and chips for dinner <laughs> with a side salad. <laughs> that, 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 no, it, it was it was salad. That classic Italian dish. <laughs> <with salad. laughs> Oh, we'll just have a side lasagna, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I had a red onion taste in my mouth. Which I wanted to get rid of, and the salmon God. hadn't got rid of it. So then when I, I thought, oh, pizza. So the, so the, the lasagna, lasagna, lasagna didn't act as a palate cleanser, no? No, no. no I <laughs> so then I've walked around my house trying to get rid of that. So I had uh, two gold bars. A six, no, no, actually, I say six block. It was a, it was a, it was a massive block that Claire got me for Christmas, and I snapped off two rows there. So there was ten, ten chunks of Cadbury's dairy milk, and that hadn't satisfied me. Then I had um, some Thai sweet chili sensations, that didn't do it. So then I had six, six slices of toast. That finally did it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, ever eaten six slices of toast in one sitting ever. So how big your toaster? I mean, what, how, how many slices are you getting? When I say in, six uh, slices. I mean, you cut it in half, don't you? That's what I'm counting as a slice. Oh, no, oh. no. All right, oh. you had three pieces. So, yeah, you had three yeah. slices there. Yeah, so six pieces then. Well, no, the, way you, the way you describe food, Ross, is, is, is bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> you never, when you say when you met out, you never start with your sides. So, so I assume what you had was you had some butter with a little bit of toast. 
Well, whenever I go to McDonald's, I say, can I have a chips meal with a Big Mac, please? (laughs) 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 Like when they go to KFC, you ask which side you want. I uh, just like a lasagna, please. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have a gravy with a a boneless banquet for one, please. (laughs) I thought that's how everyone did it. Yeah, but the, the the reason why I said salad first is because so uh, again some backup. <laughs> so at school, <laughs> at school recently because we're in lockdown. So whenever everyone's in my side of the school, we just get two meal options, and they're all, one's a vegetarian and one's a main meal, and that's all we get. Whereas now, because the mainstream schools sh- like closed as well, obviously, for some reason the kitchen staff go mental and provide like. 10 different options for you but every option is like chicken burger with chips pizza with chips something it's always with chips and when i got curry yesterday i said go can i have curry and rice do you want chips with that (laughs) yeah and they give you these takeaway cartons but it's as if like it's as if they know they must know in the morning they're cooking far too much food so then basically what it's like they must have a competition with themselves. How much food can I stuff in this one takeaway carton? You get the biggest portions. It's ridiculous. So every day you're just eating chips, and it's so unhealthy. So when I actually had a salad today, I was like, oh, I've had a salad. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did have the wedges and the lasagna. Yeah. I mean, surely the wedges were in... They, surely they didn't do chips and wedges, did they? No, no. No, no. that would have been too far. Chips, yeah. wedges, jacket, man. <laughs> yeah. You can get a jacket. Well, I could have had garlic bread as well today. I, de- I declined that. Well, when I... I don't know if they still do it, but when I was there, they would do garlic bread with curry. Oh, what? yeah. That, that's... Yeah. But they do pita bread with um, spad bowl. <laughs> Nam bread with... Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah, they, they do... That was it. They do nan bread with spad bowl. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> That must just be a supply issue. They just arrive on no, the same day. Every, every, well, yeah, yes, but it, well, it, it was a fairly consistent supply <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah, so mainly, so that's basically my, my week has just been revolved around food. Every day I've just felt like I've had chips. But then, like, you get, so they started doing chicken wings, which I had the other day, and they were absolutely delightful. But then, what do you get chicken? What do you eat chicken wings with? Chips. You can't have them with anything else, really, can you? And are you also getting cake and custard? No, I don't get the cake and custard. I don't think I mean, I've, I've, I've not done the cake and custard for quite a few years. Although, this, but this is the thing, they've gone mental. So, so all of a sudden, they're doing Black Forest Gattos and carrot cake. And, yeah. Lockdown, they, like, it's as if they go, oh, we could actually cook. And they make <laughs> lots of nice food. <laughs> So is this what the old ladies' kids are getting every day in normal right. times? Well, I, I could only I bet, dream that that's what they're getting. I bet that's the bet that's the teacher's meal on the other side, isn't it? <laughs> now that well, they're all off. Honestly, he's yeah. So that's what I mean. It's quite hard to to resist getting a cake as well. And everyone says they're really nice, which puts. But I just think if I have that as well as all the other carbs I'm eating, then yeah. Anyway, speaking, uh, speaking sorry, about, you probably got a bit confused there, Russ, because I call it cake, because you, uh, you would have called that custard and cake, wouldn't you? 
<laughs> I did have to switch it round in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> what can I put in this custard tonight? <laughs> yeah. But you know what, actually, having said this, there's one dinner lady at school, and no matter when you go to her, so say on a Friday, if I said to you, I want fish, chips, and beans, yeah, what order would you put them on the plate? Uh, it depends, but either fish or chips first. And then yeah, the beans, beans last, yeah. Yeah. This dinner lady, she always puts the beans on. She she, she fills the plate with beans <laughs> and then puts the chips and fish on top. And I don't I, I don't know, like, what she thinks she's achieving. Like, who goes? Yeah, that's what I wanted. I didn't want any of this. <laughs> I didn't want like, any of that. I wanted really dry chips on top <laughs> and just some really soggy wet ones at the bottom. Like on like on Masterchef where they put like the jus at the bottom, so she yeah. puts the fish on, then she puts the, the I mean, fish on top, and then she puts the chips on, on top of that. It, but if she said to me when she was giving it, Matt, "There's your fish and chips on a bed of baked beans," then I'd happily <laughs> take it because at least I think she's trying something. <laughs> she does it all the time. Curry, she'll put curry on first, then stick the rice on top. Oh Honestly, no, no, no! Just everything backwards. <laughs> And I'd, I've tried asking you different combinations. I love <laughs> chips, fish, but you still get it. Same order. Don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyone else had a good week? Well, funnily enough, I've also had my own food dilemmas this week. Well, not really a dilemma as such, but more, more, more a glitch in the matrix, really. So on Wednesday... Yeah. Wednesday night, Ashley rang me on the way home and um, Grayson had done really well with his schoolwork, caught up really well and, and, and done loads of stuff. So she promised him McDonald's. So um, rather than take the kids out, Ashley just ordered it on Just Eat. So Just Eat turns up, no kids' meals, just Ashley's meal. So after Ashley finished going crazy at Just Eat, she rings me and says, look, they're not, bring, they're not going to bring this food. You'll need, to go and, or you'll need to go and pick some more food up for the kids on the way home. So as I go to pick the kids' foods up on the way home. I get home, kids unpack their food, and then I sit down to eat mine. I go for the new katsu um, chicken nuggets and then um, take the box out of there and think, oh, what's in the bottom of here? Only find there's a, a nice new big tasty at the bottom of the bag as well that I didn't order, didn't pay for. Oh, what a result. So, I mean, I, I, don't, have, I don't have the biggest stomach, but I managed to eat the, the full big tasty in 10 chicken nuggets. That's as much as I could stomach. I couldn't stomach anything else. What, was, what are those new katsu ones like? They are quite nice, actually. Are they not just chicken nuggets? Chicken nuggets with the curry sauce dip. No, there's like there's, there's it's like um, I think it's like a, a coating on the chicken before they put it in the batter. I think I think that's how I think that how it's that's how it's done. Similar to um, the spicy burgers at um, KFC when they put the oh, sauces on the inside rather than on the on the batter. I think that's how it works. But they're they're quite nice. They taste nice. They're, they're a nice change of pace from a normal boring old chicken nugget. So I ended up with a free big tasty for me tea on Wednesday. So, Simon, what's on a farmhouse pizza? Uh, it, it just a uh, ham and mushroom. I thought I'd keep it simple. It's a midweek pizza. I didn't want... I, in my own head, I think I thought that was, like, better for me than just getting... Normally, my default setting with pizza is to go for whichever one has the most meat on it. Some sort of meat extravaganza. But I thought, oh, yeah. no, I'm going to tone it down. I mean, I got, I got stuffed crust as well, but, you know. Well, I mean, you, you, what, what what size? Medium? Large. Large. Absolutely, large, absolutely yeah. demolished it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you need, you need to be careful, Sam. I can hear Ross getting the load of bread out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
the kids have got some uh, what are they called lunchables you know the dairy <laughs> I might have to start putting the cheese and crackers on <laughs> god I miss those lunchables they were a great lunch that no, the kids love them. It's like the you say, do you want do you want that for your dinner? And they they get really excited and think that's the easiest dinner for me ever because you just open in a packet. You know? <laughs> I don't have to do anything. I used to get that when yeah. I was a student all the time. Yeah. So, uh, did you get any sides with your with your pizza? Uh, well, no, well, yeah, got some um, chicken dippers as well. So yeah, well. so that was nice. Uh, garlic. The garlic sauce always, uh, and because you you could track it on the website, that picture I sent you then turns into a map. Once once the guy's got it, so you can just follow him on the way here because he took a wrong turn at one stage, but yeah. uh, but he worked it out and then uh, got here eventually. Did you go outside your house with some flashlights, like guiding him? Guiding him <laughs> like, like it, it like was a on a runway. It was Ross chasing after him. That's why I took a beat <laughs> Well, I, you, you know what? They got like you know an outdoor light. So I had that, that was on. That was his beacon. That was the star. <laughs> the star he needed to follow. The really annoying thing is I've got a pizza in the fridge, but it's out of date. Which really annoyed me because it's a it was a uh, Morrison's the best. And 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 we a sausage paste like with oh, salami. Yeah, nice like, oh, yeah. would have gone down a treat right now. <laughs> Disappointed me even more. I'll tell you one other thing I did at the weekend. So I obviously last last time we spoke, I've been telling the amount of uh, Pokemon I've been playing on the Switch. Uh, so when we're in, I went to did the big shot on Sunday, and then when we're in Asda, Teddy said that he wanted this. Pokemon Battle Arena game, yeah, which was £20. So I thought, right, okay. So I said to him, You're going to give me half of this out of your Christmas money. So we got it home, and basically, you know, the cards that you everyone collected for no reason when they were in high school and didn't yeah. do anything with it's the game of that actually having Pokemon battles. So we've been having Pokemon battles with the cards. Oh, it's, oh, it's brilliant fun. No wonder it's done so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right game. So yeah, so currently we, me and Teddy have regular Pokemon battles in the evening. It's brilliant. So how how does it work if you're not there? Can you play? Do you play against the computer or? No, it's a board game. It's cards. Oh, it's a, oh, sorry, I thought oh, it was a game for his thing. No, no, no. It's, it's actual. It's, it's the cat. You know the cards you can collect. And you got. Shiny oh, cards right. Yeah, yeah. It's them. Yeah, having the actual battles. What? So you just get all 151 cards, or however many cards there are. No, you get a pack of you get three packs of sixty, and they're all oh. set up to be decent. So you actually oh, have a decent oh, game. Right, okay. And then it te- like it talks you through your first game, so then you can play. Oh, I mean, you don't re- you don't really need the board to play it. That's just an added extra. It makes it look a bit more fancy. But oh, well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Teddy had to talk you into it. I mean, the opportunity to get a new board game. Oh no! He's yeah, so getting a new board thought, game. It's just which one he, he was getting. Imagine, he, yeah. <laughs> imagine you were talking him into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just which one he. He'd had his eye on a couple pre-Christmas that I, that I kind of wanted more. But he, <laughs> he kept going on about this one. I thought, oh, you know what? We'll, we'll let you have that one. I bet he's thinking. I bet he's thinking I can get this out of my dad for nothing. I don't have to lose <laughs> any of my Christmas money here. Yeah. <laughs> 
well, when I said to him when I got home, we played it, I said, so you're going to give me £10 towards this? He was like, you what? You what? I've only got 252 I was like, yeah. <laughs> you... <laughs> That's only. You've got more than enough to, to pay me. <laughs> oh, that'll keep me in board games till he's 10 at least, won't it? <laughs> Is it, so is it, like, is... I've only got that amount. Like, yeah, little. Is it not giving you? You got no money. He'll be giving it you all in ten p's. Well, most of it is in change, to be fair. But yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, who gave him the two? Well, that's what I mean. So he's probably got about 150, 160 in <laughs> cash, and then it's what. He, so when I used to go up pre-COVID, whenever I used to go out on a night out. And then I come home, and obviously you take your pants off. And I used to put all my change in my back pocket, but you take your pants off, and then your change just falls on the floor, doesn't it? So he'd come in in the morning and just scoop up all my change and put it in his money box. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an absolute fortune just based on my night's out. <laughs> and the other thing, he's dead set. He's not let Luke have any. He always gets in there first. Never let Luke pick any up. Wise investor, isn't he? Yeah, he, know, he knows the mug, doesn't he? And it's me. <laughs> uh, well, since we last spoke on the podcast, I don't think we've spoken about that. I think it only happened a couple of days after the last one we did. I I, I got a new set of darts from Blinder for, for my birthday, and I threw a 180. Um... Yeah, oh. I did see that. You put it up on... I think you put it up on Instagram, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I was so excited. I, I, I was straight on the socials. So how many one eights have you thrown in your lifetime? That's two now. Oof. Yeah. Now, were, you play, were you playing five or one at the time, or were you just having a practice? I was just having a practice, so I was just... Oh. Did, I mean, uh... if you'd have thrown it at the beginning of a five or one, I mean, oh. time a little bit. Did... did... Did Gerwin Price say anything? Respond to you? I think he's, he's running scared. Well, probably with his abs as well. Exactly, yeah. Well, see, what happened was, I thought one of them, one of the first two, I thought was in the one. Oh, and so, so that took the pressure off. Yeah, so I always bottle it. So I've, had a, I've thrown quite a few 140s, and, and sometimes now, if I throw one, one, if I throw a treble 20 first dart, my head's just gone. I mean, I'm just thinking, oh, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Oh, but, you know, well, you know what? There's actually there. I didn't, I found this out this week actually. Have you ever heard of Dartitis? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, Gary Bristol like, had it for a bit. Yeah, yeah so it's, like, the, it's like the fear football. of yeah, fear of throwing the dart in case you miss. So you probably get that. Did come on the way to it? Yeah. Yeah, Dartitis. I mean, when I first read it, I thought, God, this sounds like the most made up. <laughs> <laughs> Tartitis. <laughs> but then when I googled it for a bit, it's very real, isn't it? Yeah. I only really like what Sam, what you said. I only really ever heard it talked about with Eric Bristol. I once, I once kind of Eric Bristol had it, and then he kind of retired and stuff, and left and didn't play darts anymore. I never even, never really heard about it after that. No, there's a few other people that on the video I watched that were talking about it. So it's boxingitis, I think. Well, I get to a stage where I can't throw a punch <laughs> at the, uh, the punch bag anymore. For, for fear of it not being perfect, that's, I think you've probably the, got that already. It's, it's, that's the other way, Sam. You just walk out with your arm outstretched all the time, <laughs> looking like you're just trying to fist bump everybody. 
So what, what have you been up to? Well, cheesy. What have you been up to? I feel. Oh no! I've, well, I've seen, I've been in work, so it's not been. I've been in work for the last ten, eight days. So tomorrow is hopefully going to be my 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 last my last day in work for um for probably what will be a couple of uh, uh, no at least probably a month I would have thought. So I've just been I've, we've just been we've just been working we've just been getting some stuff ready to do and then in the evenings we've we've been trying to catch up with um Grace's schoolwork. So we had a bit of a lazy weekend, uh, but other than that, that was pretty much about it. How is homeschooling going? Are you a it's all right. I mean, I'm I'm not very. Um, I've got the patience Ashley's got, so that proves to be part. That's part of the problem. Whereas I just expect Grayson to. If I say, "What is this?" and then he looks at me, he looks at me in a way expecting to know what the answer is. I'm like, but, it, but how can you not understand? So what do you mean you're only in year one? Yeah. <laughs> if there's a ten percent off sale, what does it mean? <laughs> Christmas uh, is coming up in 12 months' time. <laughs> How much stock does TK Maxx have to back in maybe, to fulfil the rant? And, and this, was a, this was definitely a... a what, time, what day did I finish early last week? I think it must have been Thursday I finished early. So we came home, brought him home and did some work with him. And I think it got to about quarter past three. And this, there's a section of English that you have to do, which was what we had to watch this 27 video in it and like break off and pause it. And I just fell asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't keep my eyes open. So, so how is the um, how's the t- the teaching um, designated? Does it just which one of whichever one of you and Ashley's in, or do you do specific subjects each? Um, I'm I'm more I'm more math based, um, but Ashley generally covers off. Ashley's more creative than me, so a lot of a lot of teaching, a lot of the stuff that Grayson's got for teaching, he's making stuff and. And doing stuff rather than just being sat there and writing loads, they, that it's much more creative learning than it is. So Ashley's much more creative than me, whereas I'd much rather just sit there with numbers and, and do numbers. So I'm more of the maths person, but Ashley likes to Ashley likes to do a lot of the stuff with um, with Grayson anyway. So it just depends if Ashley's at work, then I'll pick up some, and if, if not, then um, I'll do some. But they they learn stuff in, in different way. I mean. He was learning about imperative verbs the other day, and I didn't even know what an imperative verb was. So that was the bit there. So even I learned something the other day. Oh, when I when I first went down to London, and I uh, I was doing like teaching assistant, but like on supplies, he got all these random schools, like th- that that high level of primary school, like year five, year six. They're so good on like grammar and like maths and stuff. Like dividing by fractions and all sorts of crate, like the stuff that they should never do again. I was all over the show. Like I was like, I haven't got a clue. How to do. I can't well, help them with this. Tell you the other day, I can't remember. A word, he saw a word written down. He went, "Oh, daddy, there's a split digraph." And I was like, "Oh yeah, of course there is, mate." Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really tell you the difference between compound and complex sentence that anymore. Says cats. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think. Yeah. But yeah, because it's um, it's 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 troubling times, especially when especially when your six year old is teaching you uh, English, and I'm like having to explain what an imperative verb is. I'm like, I, I, I don't even, I don't even. I had to watch the twenty seven. I had to watch most of the twenty seven minute bit. We had to go back when I woke up to watch the rest of it. Because I didn't understand what the end. Of it I mean, meant. so Claire's a primary school teacher, so you'd think I'm in safe hands, but. When you listen to Claire, 
when she teaches and when she gives a question out, she just waits for the brightest kid to give an answer and just agrees with that, then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much confidence in Teddy's homeschooling. It's a good in in a way though. It's a good job. It's now and not like in five years' time. So you didn't have to oh, homeschool no. like three kids. I mean, I can't, I can't. I couldn't think of how hard it is. It's hard enough to do one. Never mind. It would be to do two yeah, or three. That is the blessing. Yeah. Do you reckon if you are, if you were in that situation, mm-hmm. Ross? Do you reckon you would set the kids up in different? It, it, you'd set you and Claire up in different classrooms in Ross. the house, and then the kids would have. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to leave, leave the room. Leave the room. You were to go and do English with Miss, Why are Mrs. You Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, the corridor wasn't busy. <laughs> you have to say doing, dra- doing drama in the garage. <laughs> no, no, surely it's craft work oh. you'd be doing there. I mean, you're always yeah. putting up a. PE. I hope you're you're homeschooling. You must be in charge of DT. Well, cheesy definitely will be, won't you? I'm surprised Grayson's not knocked up a bird table or something by now. <laughs> oh, not yet. He's still, he's still, he's still doing the preliminary uh, work on his Lego first. Once he's once he's he got his angles le- right. The uh... <laughs> difference between a tenon saw and a hacksaw at the minute. <laughs> we're not, we're not quite there yet. How's uh, I mean, this must be affecting uh, Teddy's golf game, no end. We haven't played golf for ages, actually. Well, obviously, because we haven't been out. I mean, sorry, mate, Grace, Grayson's golf game was coming along. Well, that, that's, yeah. you and Grayson used to go and play golf, I didn't you? Teddy yeah. time, but yeah. we, went, we, we went to, we went on his birthday, um, but we went outside to the Delta, because that was the only one that was open was the dinosaur one outside. It was absolutely freezing. Uh, we, have, we haven't been since. So we're, I'd probably, we're probably not going to be able to go now until probably about March. I'll tell you what I found out this time around. Which, so, apparently for the whole of lockdown, if you have a child under one, you can form a support bubble with someone. With another household. So I've missed out on lots of child-free nights <laughs> and child-free days. <laughs> I've not read the rules properly. I feel cheated. <laughs> I feel like saying, can we go back to the start so I can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I have another six weeks? Yeah. Well, I found that out. But yeah, anyway. How was... Uh, should we... What we what are we talking about, Cheezer? So we'll cover off the we'll cover off obviously the, the biggest game of the uh, of the football calendar or the one of the two biggest games of the football calendar. It was of course uh, Liverpool and Manchester United at the weekend. So we'll talk about that and we'll and we'll kind of give ourselves an open forum to see how long that might take us. Um, and then we uh, will discuss um, uh, the other business in the Premier League. There's a, of the well, there's a get was a game going on. Not yet. Is it finished. No, and then we'll... it's, not, it's not even finished on my TV yet, so it must be ages till it finishes on. It's not kicked off yet. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm still so waiting we'll, for West Ham we'll to, the, to the do something. The, <laughs> the top of the Premier League to um, how close it is, and then we'll and we'll see where we get from there. We'll see if we can stick that keep also, that within two hours. I mean, we might not get time, but it's quite big cricket news, isn't there? 
We've... Oh yeah, the cricket's been thrilling. So maybe this we, week. if we get a chance, we might get onto that as well. Yeah, especially the mm. game this morning. Yeah. Anyway, we will. Uh, we'll have a break, and we'll come back, and we will talk about uh, Liverpool and Manchester United. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast. So we will talk about uh, what was billed as the the first against second um, until Leicester won on Saturday and made it first against third. But anyway, um, so it was Liverpool against Manchester United at Anfield. Um, how did you two feel? Did you feel happy with a point um, at the end of it? Well, I, I think before the match, I probably would have taken a point, but. On the well, before I saw the lineups, and then yeah, Liverpool lineup with no central defence, you think, oh, maybe they maybe we can get at them. And in the match, I think the best chance in the match was Pogba's chance. See, and you, and yeah, I really think he probably should have done better there. And you think, well, that was probably the, the real, real good opportunity in the match. And you know, United didn't take it, and you know, it, it's, it's hard to go to Anfield and get a win. And it felt like that was a real opportunity to win at Anfield this weekend. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I think like what the prospects at the start of the season of going to Anfield away, you can you kind of dreading it a bit, especially because we've not actually. I don't think I think you beat us there the last four times. Is it something like that, or not one? Uh, no, I don't think. I think we 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 won last season. I don't. I can't remember. What, I can't remember what the season. It's been a while, before. anyway. It's not. It's yeah, not a place that you relish going, thinking you're going to get a result from. So yeah, you do think like, oh, come away from there with with a point, you're going to be happy. And then at the same going into it, you're thinking, oh well, let's just maintain the three points. But like you said, Simon, as the as the game went on and the 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 weights that you kind of expected that Liverpool were going to come out the strongest and keep the ball, because that's kind of the way the United play in these big games, that they're prepared to rely on the pace on the counter-attack. But then as the as the game went on in the second half, United kind of grew into it, got a bit more confident, and you did feel like this game's here for the winning, really. And like you say, the, the Bruno Fernandes chance and the Pogba chance, they were they're as good a chance as you're going to get in them type of fixtures to take the lead. And the the fact we didn't, it does feel a bit... It feels a bit of a missed opportunity. But then at the same time, that's hindsight, isn't it? Hindsight's a wonderful thing. And just like I said when I text you, if you're mapping out, if Solskjaer's mapping out his season at the start of the season, he'll highlight certain games that he goes, yeah, we must win them, must win them, must win them. And imagine any game against the top four that he's going away from home. He said, if we get a draw there, he's probably happy. So I still think that kind of leaves us on track for what we wanted to do. So. I'm happy in a way, but yeah, feel a bit it was a missed opportunity. What did you feel from a Liverpool fan's point of view, Cheezer? Um, I wasn't probably as uh, I don't know. I feel like I wasn't as downbeat as I was um, as I was just thought I was going to be before the game. So, I, like I, similar to what you said, I was very when the team sheet came out, I was like, this this just did, this didn't work against Southampton. Um, we went behind quite early on. Um, but it looks like obviously they've carried on working on it on the training pitch and it seemed to gel a little bit better and we were a bit more, we showed a bit more of an, I don't know, I think you used the word attacking intent, but from the game that I watched against Newcastle, we played relatively the same way. We got, we were 
we were getting balls into the box. Salah was getting hold of the ball, Manny was getting hold of the ball, but we never really looked like we were going to score. And I know this time, I think Firmino had, I think Firmino had four chances. Oh, well, I don't even call them all like clear cut chances, but he had four chances in the first half. I think the the, the one where he kind of had, he kind of, the ball just kind of dropped to him. It kind of bobbled around a bit, and it fell to him about eight yards out. He just seemed to pass it back to De Gea. I think that was probably the best chance of the first half. Um, but yeah, it just kind of all we we kind of came out of the blocks quite quickly. I was quite impressed. I managed to. Um, I, I thought the fullbacks didn't go quite as far forward as they would normally do, which is probably why Shakiri was then playing. Um, so they were a bit more protective of the counter attack. Um, and then, kind of the last fifteen minutes of the first half, United kind of grew into it, and it was all—it kind of nullified it all a little bit. And then, second half, United obviously grew in confidence a little bit more. Um, and as the kind of as the game kind of got a little bit ragged, United had um, United, United had the better chances to win, and we were kind of thankful for Allison at the, at the end um, that he managed to um, he managed to. I think it was Fabinho's block on Fernandez, was it, and and, and Allison's save, um, and we both came away with a point and. Suits well, probably suits United more than it suits Liverpool, but um, I suppose one point's better than no points, which is probably what I thought we were going to get at the beginning of the game. So, I think the, the I think the surprise for me was I mean, I know that what's that three games you've not scored in now? Is that right? Ne- well, nearly four. We got we scored after 10 minutes against West Brom. We still haven't, so it's at the 12th minute of the West Brom game that we scored, so we're 80 minutes of that game and then three straight games now that we have. I mean, obviously, a, a like- goal. But did you think that did you think that attack was going to score on some? Well, on no. This is the thing. So obviously, in recent seasons, obviously that front three has been like it's been lauded as one of the best front three in world football, hasn't it? And rightly so for the amount of goals it was scoring. But then I don't. It just struck me, and I have watched Liverpool this season, but not obviously as often as watch United. If they're on, they're on, and I stick them on. But just how the lack of like clinical edge they had to like Liverpool to me in the past Salah always like if a chance was there like it was struck like they they, they went to set that I don't know who that is we um if, if a chance was there one of your front three would would take the chance but I don't know it just seemed a bit everything seemed a bit hesitant it all seemed a bit second guessing in terms of what's the right thing to do What's this and what's that? And then, I mean, Fernino's not been known for his... He's not been in the team for his goal scoring, has he? Let's be honest, in the in the seasons. He's been there for his link-up play more than anything. And the fact that most of your chances fell to him, I was I was more than happy with. But yeah, it just struck me how... How how much confidence all your front three seem to lost in their own attacking ability, to be honest. I mean, Firmino, he really doesn't fill you with any confidence... In front of goal, does he? Well, we thought. I thought he. T- I think he scored five goals. Five goals this season, and the game against Palace. And I know that we talk about the game against Palace, but it was kind of the second to last game that we actually scored a goal in. Um, but he, we, I think we'd scored seven goals from like nine shots or something like that. And the goals that he'd taken were literally. I think the the first one that he'd scored was like a death first touch, and he just put it into the corner. And there was that occasion on Sunday where he, his touch just let him down, and that, that, that literally is, is all it is. One of the things that Liverpool have done so well, the front three have done really well over the last um, over the last few years, is they've been able to play together, and, and it's all been one touch, like it's all been quite quick and one touch and two touch, and it's just not it's just not happened. I think that the ultimately the the defense is playing a little bit further back; they're not playing as high of a line. Then obviously the midfield's dropping further back. There isn't that 
there's no real link up between um, midfield and um, there's no real link up between midfield and the, and the front three. And I know that um, Shakiri played on, on on Sunday, and that was a little bit of a help. But normally you'd see Robert, Robertson and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold bombing on and getting to the and to the bylines, and they did that for for an occasion on um, um, on on Sunday. But it wasn't like last season where I think the first half of the game last season we. We would we almost peppered United's United's goal and we were everywhere and there was a bit more energy and fluency about us and we just seemed to have lost that that edge a little bit and the thing last year and obviously the the game last year Van Dijk scored um, our, our big our t- highest top scoring midfield last season was Oxley Chamberlain who who again is not who's not played as much as uh, as he played last season um, and it's just ultimately just put more and more pressure on the front three Jota's not played for now for seven weeks. Um, so, so are, are you um, are you missing Jota more than you're missing Van Dijk? Um, no, I think I, I, a lot of people have said, look, Liverpool's defensive issues are not as much of a problem because, like, we are, we're not conceding loads of goals. But ultimately, what's happening is the teams having to play, I think, more defensively in order for that to happen. Because there's, we would then have to, we then go back to the old clock where we'd have to score three goals to win a game. I don't ultimately think that that, that, that doesn't win your titles. It's not, it's not going to oh, work. I, so. I disagree with I think that. We've lost that. The, I think you're missing Jota massively. And so you just, like I said, you defend, no, I'm not defend, saying that we're I not agree missing. you might be compensating in some areas for the lack of a like, set defensive partnership. But are you in that first half an hour at, at the weekend, the amount you dominated the ball, regardless of the two at the back, it wouldn't have mattered. But you didn't look like anywhere near a shot. If that would have been, and I know you can say that you're compensating, but if that was Liverpool in top form, we, you would have been 2-3-0 up. Well, yeah, it's just, a, it's just the bounce of the ball. It's just not happening for us. I don't get why. I don't, I, I, if I could understand if, if you were conceding two or three each game and the front three felt under pressure to actually do anything. You're not conceding. You're conceding maybe one a game if I'm not even that. So there's no pressure on the forwards to actually stick the ball in the back. They only need to score one goal, but they're not even doing that, are they? No, but how, but I don't understand. I don't really understand, so I don't the, understand what you mean. You're creating chances. You're just not taking them. Well, I wouldn't say they were clear-cut chances because I, we've, scored, we've had 62 shots on goal and scored one that's goal in the last four that's games. That's why I say you're missing Jota more than it. But then, but the, but then, but then we weren't missing Jota when we played Crystal Palace and we 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 scored seven goals in a game. So what? Not, the only thing that's changed is we had eight days off between the Palace game and I don't can't remember who, uh, and the West Brom game when everybody played the quarterfinals of the uh, of the Carabao Cup. That's the only thing. That, nothing else. Nothing yeah, else has changed. That team is the same team without Jota. It was the same team without Jota for, for two weeks. I, I just think I just think say I'm not saying I'm not saying that we're not missing him, but I think with that central defensive partnership allows us to play allows us to play a higher line, which moves the midfield forward ten yards, um, and the midfield then is a little bit more joined up to. And then we're also because we could literally just play at the back. You could Henderson or Wijnaldum would fill in for the left back. You you play the two central mid. You play the two centre backs, and Fabinho would sit, and that would be it. And even some even some occasions, you we Fabinho would just drop in. Henderson would go forward. Van Dijk would be spraying balls out from the back. We just don't we just don't have that outlet at the minute. It has to come through midfield and then down the down the lines. And as soon as you stop that ball, as soon as you stop Trent getting that ball um, in deep left, and he's not running at people, and he's having to run into traffic to get the ball, then. 
that's that's kind of it. There's been none of these crossfield balls um, into into space. Like teams have sat in, and if that's then and, and if anything, they've figured out how to play against Liverpool, and it's up to Liverpool to figure out how they go about scoring goals and winning games in in, in these situations. But um, I mean, there, there's a lot. There was uh, I think Adrian Jones, and, and he said something really odd. I think Dietmar Hamann, and I think even John Barnes said it as well this, this week that Thiago's not 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 the right fit for Liverpool or he's not what Liverpool want whereas the one thing where I don't know if it was I think the first game we drew last year was against Burnley and we dropped to the points at the back end of last season because we couldn't break teams down and the one thing everybody said we needed was somebody in midfield that could that could that can play a pass and is a bit more creative and we signed Thiago and then all of a sudden he isn't any good and I'm fine with the from what we've talked about before where like he's he's in everybody's team of the season so far because of what he did last season. That's that's absolutely complete rubbish. But it is going to he has played however many games he's going to play. It is going to take a little bit of time to come into a team that play a specific way, which is well, it might not be too dissimilar to the way Bayern Munich play. But he still needs time to adapt and adjust. So it's just one of them things. It's just going to take time, and unfortunately, that the, the time this season looks like it's going to adjust could have been at the start of the season where. Everybody was fit and everybody was playing well, but it's not. He's having to come in and start his first game at Anfield on, on the 19th of January. And that's, we just have to adapt and, and take it that way. Kind of whatever, whatever it's going to happen is whatever will happen. I don't think we're going to sign a centre-back, so we'll just have to make do with what we've got. And if it costs us the league, it costs us the league. Yeah. Well, I mean, the team that really won out of that match was, was Manchester City, wasn't it? It was a, a perfect result for City. Yeah. You steamrolled someone straight yeah, after us. Gave me that and then the two points yeah, behind. Yeah, Palace for Well, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's a nice situation for them to be in. And like I said, I'm surprised. Well, I didn't think... I mean, I know Liverpool have had their injuries, but I'm surprised from based on City signings that they've started doing so well. But they seem to have hit on this... It's half a new system, isn't it, that allows them... Foden to get in and the wide players to be the main threat and don't really rely on Jesus to be the the one to put up the top and they've, they've yeah they've really started hitting gain it, it is a bit worrying that they could now they could do what you think no. well I, I think the biggest I think the biggest thing for City is this partnership between Stones and oh, Diaz it's incredible you know, and, you know, and suddenly they look a different side I think since those two started playing well together I, mean, I feel like they've, they've wasted so much money on centre-halves in the last few years. So when they signed Diaz, it was like, oh, yet again, they're going to spend a lot of money going, getting a centre-back in from Portugal. It just, it just all feels like I'd heard that story yeah. so many times. But this guy, this guy, he clearly is good. It's all about the partnerships, isn't it? Because like, I think we said a few weeks ago, we, I think everyone assumed that Diaz and Laporte was going to be it, but Stones and Diaz seem to complement each other perfectly. It's, it's almost reminiscent of like Vidic Ferdinand. You've got Stones the elegant Rolls Royce like Ferdinand who who picks the pass out and does that and Diaz the absolute nutcase who just sticks his head where it hurts and does the Vidic role. So I'm not, I'm not obviously saying that they're going to be on that level like and be as consistent, but at the minute that's it's kind of fits, doesn't it, in terms of the way they both play. Well, they've got a more of a settled back four now. Cancelo looks like he's starting a few more games and um, obviously Walker's still there. So they've got, like, they've, uh, back in the last season, they were in a similar situation to when Laporte was out. They were playing Fernandinho at the back. Um, then uh, Cancelo was in and out the team. Um, 
Um, I think Walker at one point just w- w- didn't have any form. I think they were relying on Zinchenko at some points as well in, in some of the big games. But like you said, they've just seemed to have, have found this way to win at the minute. And City, you normally, well, apart from the game of the weekend, you, you normally expect to be the top scorers in the league. Um, are winning games 1-0, 2-0, and they're still missing chances. But like, I like the, the only game I've really seen City play was the Chelsea game, and they just looked completely different. Well, on the flip side of that, the first eight games of the season, I think they only picked up 13 points. And at that point, because they they've been behind United pretty much all season. A... So the, the, the beginning of the season, they started off really badly. And I think they've, I don't, I've, I've not worked out the exact points, but I think from the, the date that Liverpool dropped points at Fulham, I think it's roughly, I think Liverpool have picked up 13 points from eight games or something like that. So Liverpool have had this bit of the season where they've had that, those, in, those issues. And City had it at the start of the season. But I think City have got the momentum now to keep going. It doesn't look like... I mean, if anything, they're going to get Aguero back. Um, I mean, they've played... You probably said the last six weeks without striking because Jesus has been injured as well. So, um, De Bruyne has been playing up, up top. Um, yeah, it's it's so, a real whoever can hit, whoever I don't know, can I mean, hit a bit of a purple patching. Put maybe the next nine or ten games together and see where you are after that. That's probably going to end up in a decent position in winning the league, isn't it? Simon, I did want to ask you, does Bruno Fernandes need a rest? I don't know. I, 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 he just doesn't strike me as the sort of person that wants a rest or would appreciate it. <laughs> that's like, not, you, that's, just, that's, you just need to carry on playing him. Whoever he wants it. Does he need <laughs> one? I don't know. I think he just is a relentless character, so I think he'll just, they'll, they'll just carry on playing through him. And... Um, and I think he'll just hit form again at some point. I hope, desperately hope. Why, why, why would you take him out of the team? He's just oh, one player of the month. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, so I messaged during the week that how much? Well, no, I messaged during weeks. the week that, uh, and Simon was having none of it. That Bruno Fernandes, he's bang average for seventy eighty minutes of a game, but then does 10, 15 minutes of absolute brilliance, and then ends up winning United the game, which. <laughs> Simon wasn't happy with because he didn't want anything negative said about Fernandez. But I, I, <laughs> I wasn't happy then. No, I'm, not happy, I'm not happy now about. I just sit. I just the, thing, the thing is, he, he he scores that free kick on on, on Sunday. It's a different. It's a, are you talking about? You, we're not talking about Bruno Fernandez needing a rest or anything. You're just talking about a piece of Bruno yeah, Fernandez but I magic. Still, no, I, yeah, but then I would still say, even though in the games when he, st- I still watch him and go. Gosh, how have you give that away? Like, how have you done that? Simple one twos he gives away, and I know that what you said, Simon, about he tries passes and he's going to give things away. But I'm I'm talking about the real five yard passes that he, he doesn't get he doesn't get right, or he lost it a couple of times in his own in in our own half at Anfield, and you just think, what are you doing there? Just come on. I just think. Well, yeah, but I mean, who's good at doing? You know, Fred's really good at passing it five yards sideways. Yeah, you know, United have had loads of central midfielders in the last ten years who were really good at playing the ball oh, sideways. And finally, we've got someone who puts a bit of forward impetus, tries yeah, things. I, He's always looking I know, for an opportunity. I don't agree with any of it. What I'm saying is, it's the simple ones that he should get right that he's getting wrong, and then he's putting us under pressure. Or these simple what there are simple ones where that would create a chance that he's then getting wrong that will put us into pressure. Look, I think he's amazing. I think he's brilliant, and I don't know where we would be without him. I'm not sacking him off. I just think we've got Fulham tomorrow. We've got Fulham tomorrow night. 
which you could quite happily stick Danny van der Beek in instead of him. Um, I think we still win. Uh, then we've got then it's Liverpool again at the weekend, isn't it, in the FA Cup? Which I don't know how seriously either team's going to be taking that. I, I don't know what team will put out for that. I know we we play. I think we play a day later, don't we? Do we not play? I think we play. I think, yeah, I, you fact, play I think on we play Thursday. Thursday this week. So what? What team we put out? I've so no I think idea. you could possibly you could possibly feel the weakened team against Fulham and still win, and then maybe bring him in for the Liverpool game. And then after that, we have got Sheffield United, which I think you could leave him out of. So I think there's two games coming up either side of one, which isn't a isn't a full break because he's still getting a game at the weekend in a quite an important game, you could say. But it's you still give him a bit of a bit of a time just to actually recharge his batteries. But I just think it must the reliance on him over the last twelve months from United has been unbelievable. And it must it must affect you can't you cannot it is incredibly difficult unless you line on Messi to maintain level after level after level of doing that. I just think a rest and maybe taking him out and maybe sit on the sidelines for a, a, a couple of games in, in the next week or so wouldn't do him no harm. But does he do a lot yeah. of running in the game, yeah. though? Yeah, yeah. He no, no. He... Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. So he, he tracks he, back. But he's he? the one who starts all the press. So he loses it. He starts all the press and he, he initiates everything. That's the thing. Sometimes you think, just stop doing that. But he he does it. Yeah, but then you've got then players like Liverpool had Suarez in that similar situation. And to be fair, that Liverpool's front three now. I mean, it's not really the greatest time to talk about Liverpool's front three now. But Liverpool's like Suarez was never injured. The only time he was, he, the only oh, time he I'm not saying they're injured. When he was but banned. even when Salah, Firmino, uh, or Mane were at the height, Ariki still got a game every now and again. Less and less. I'm not saying that the minute. But yeah, well, yeah, but I think that's yeah, but I, that, that, yeah, well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I suppose every every player at, at some point needs needs to, needs to have a rest at some point. I just the last think, thing you want to do is, I just well, think, especially with Fulham and Sheffield United coming up, which are two games that you would say gimmies. Donny Van der Beek is not getting that much game time. It's the sign of the season. The fans want to see him play, so why not stick him in? That's all I'm saying. I just say, <laughs> I just think Fernandez. He just, he, I know, I agree with you, Simon, that he probably wants to play every game, and that's that's an ab- admirable attitude. But I think he just needs a bit of a, he needs a rest just to <laughs> calm down a bit and then get his head back in the game and then go again. But um, I heard somebody talking about Rashford's form as well. Is, is, are you too concerned about that, or I didn't, I didn't really think that Rashford was in form or out of form, or? What do you think about this, Simon? I mean, I, I, I don't think it's that big an issue. I think whenever um, any of these sort of big moments come up with um, with one of his campaigns, people are very quick, if he then doesn't score the following match, to be like, oh, it's affecting him. When I think it actually isn't. I, I'm not sure he's ever that consistent. And he has... He's found himself playing on the right quite a lot. So I watched Monday Night Football on uh, this week. On Monday, strangely <laughs> enough, and um, I watched Monday Night Football on Tuesday. Gary Neville, so far behind. Yeah. And um, Gary Neville had this stuff about basically where Manchester United goals come from, but like by position. 
in the last year. And basically, the striker or the person on the left or the person in that number 10 role have all scored roughly about the same amount of goals. And then the per- whoever plays on the right, which has been quite a sort of a changing cast for Manchester United, he's like, that's the one. Whoever, then, you know, they're never able to solve that position. And we just don't get any goals from that position. And Rashford seems to have found himself being asked to play there to accommodate everybody else at the moment. And it, you know, it doesn't really suit him because he wants to cut inside, but he is right-footed. And, he doesn't, and because he's not a natural winger, he doesn't want to really attack the byline and get a cross in. So I, I'm sort of sympathetic. I don't, I don't think it's a big issue, Rashford's fault. Yeah, that, that, I, was, I, haven't, I didn't watch Monday Night Football, but that was been my part. I, to me, Rashford has been pushed out to the right to accommodate Martial or someone else. Which I find strange, even though there's an argument to say Rashford's the better player out of the two of them. So you would rather have your better player playing out of position who could probably do a better job. But then Martial isn't kind of producing what you would expect from him when he is playing out left. So to me, there's an argument to say Rashford's the one who who's been playing the better position, playing on that left-hand side better, so just keep him in there and then make Martial do something different. But, yeah, I, I think I think that's what I, I would I would agree, that Martial's form's kind of, uh, Rashford's form's kind of, I wouldn't say dicked, but he's not scored the same amount of goals because he has been playing on that right-hand side, which isn't really his fault. He's kind of been doing a job for the team. So, yeah, I'm not concerned about Rashford, really. Um, and just, just a quick one, just while we're talking about um, United in these big games. So I think the it was the other thing they showed last night about the top seven. I don't know if they've shown it tonight. So there's, I think, other than Chelsea, Manchester United only scored one goal in the big six games this season against Tottenham. We got. Oh, I wouldn't surprise got, me. Yeah, that, that's probably about right. Yeah. Tottenham. The game at Spurs. Was it six? But you only got one. No, yeah, big, one. no, we lost six uh, one, didn't we? I try. I try. But we did, we did go one 0 up. <laughs> oh no, tell like was that you would have scored two. That you would have scored two against Leicester. But I think it was the other games because obviously the Arsenal game was was one nil. The City game was nil nil. The Liverpool game was nil nil. You draw nil nil with Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, and a very dull nil nil at that. Yeah. And then two, obviously the two two against Leicester, and then obviously the one against Spurs. I don't know who else was. I don't know what the yeah, other. Yeah, but I think this. I, I think this is a. Oh, the Everton game. So you, it was the Everton game, sorry. So it's technically five because you won 2-1. I, two, one, very, I don't think it re- really makes a difference, this. Because at the start of the season, United were never in the running for doing anything, really, were they? We weren't tipped to, we weren't tipped to be in the position we're in or we weren't tipped to be doing this. We were, we, we were basically hoping that we're going to game to get in yeah, the but, top yeah, four but, again. So, yeah, but I get, I get this. And, and, and Gary Neville mentioned this last night. I was like, but... He was he was talking about well, it, but like what you said, if you get to the end of the season and you and you lose a lead by four points, and you go like what you've just said about this game in hindsight with this game with the game at the weekend, you thought, oh, actually Liverpool were there for the taking. Yeah, but then at the same point, if, Liverpool in if, hindsight, if City, could go, if, you know, if, that if, first half an hour we had all in chances. We've just been a bit more clinical. But I, I think I think yeah, if United. I think if United well, we get to the end of the season and we lose the title by a point, I don't think we'll look back on the big games. I think we'll look back on some of those games right at the start of the season where we were playing rubbish opposition. But we were, we were just terrible, and you know we did we were, we were dropping points against. You know there were matches when you thought, oh, we really should have got some. Yeah, out I of don't that. think the big games are the games where United are going to go. 
I think you're going to go, they're, they're good points that we've earned. You've not given anything up on your rivals if you've got a point against them. That, that's, what I, that's how I'm seeing it. Yeah, but the, it's all right saying you could, you don't give up a point away at City, or even if you drew at home with City, that's fine. But you can't then, you can't then draw at Leicester, draw at Anfield, draw at Stamford Bridge, lose at, lose at Arsenal. Like there has to become a point where United, United can't go through a season not beating yeah, one of them top six again, sides and expect to win the league. I'm, I'm, you're, you're not coming at it from the, I'm not coming at it from the point of view that we're going to win the league. If we win the league, incredible. But I, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to look back at the end of the season and go, "Oh, you know what? You know when we're absolutely pants and we had no idea that we'd be in this position. Why didn't we just go for it a bit more?" That's such a. It's such a hindsight way of looking back at things. You can't. At the time, United were expect a good result for United was to get a draw, and then the way the seasons worked out, yeah, you can look back and go, "Oh, why didn't we do that?" But you can do that of everything in life, can't you? So if you if you if you play the next I don't know play the next play, play these games again in the second half of the season you only score five goals uh, I don't know five goals in these six games and two of them are against Leicester and two of them against Everton you'd be happy not scoring against Liverpool Chelsea City and only one against Spurs in the second half of the season uh, no I'd be happy not scoring against Liverpool and City and I'd take a nil nil all day against them too. But Tottenham, I wouldn't. I'd want to beat Tottenham. Any, anyone below, anyone, anyone other than Liverpool City, I'd want to score more against. But that's not that. That would be the second half of the season when we've actually hit a bit of form and playing well. But Liverpool and City are better teams than us. Yeah, but not at the. I wouldn't at the minute. Would you say uh, that Liverpool, United, Liverpool's a better team than United? Without with the player that has central yeah, defence, there's still you get. Because this is what this is the same as City last season. How many games did City lose? Nine games last year playing without a proper central defensive partnership. City weren't City weren't as good a team as, as they were as they were this season or the, or the previous season before that. Yeah, but it's but it's, it's, the, it's the, this is the bit that's in the, in the it, this is the bit that I, this is the bit that I, this is the bit that I don't get. Like if, if like every team has to adapt, but if the the way the way the season's going, you could have six teams that finish on. I don't know, between anywhere between 75 and 85 points. Yeah, but, but you're talking as if what Manchester United are doing, are doing isn't working. We're top of the league. Uh, you know, yeah, you're so, yeah. What we need to do for the rest of the season is repeat what we've done. Yeah, but that, yeah, but what, and I get that. I, that's, but the, the game, some of the games earlier on in the season have, got, have gone, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is to continue that form into the second half of the season, especially with the game at Anfield, because like you said, you yeah, but geez, never we're, a better we're time. We're top of the league. We got better at 6-2 off Tottenham at home. And we're still top of the league. It's not, the, the, you can't look back and go, we should have done more in these games. Every season, if we, uh, yeah, you want to go to Anfield and win. If that doesn't happen, you come away with a nil-nil draw. That's much better than what we've done in previous years. You see, you can't... And like I say, our ambitions for this season were not winning the league. No, no sane United fan was saying, we are going to win the league. I'm not saying that they were. I'm not, but then you, but surely you look at the table now and go, actually, do you know what? Things have changed. Every this this this, this title this year is up for grabs. Yeah. Anybody, well, anybody against that, Liverpool. Then. But then, wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you want? Wouldn't you want to take the opportunity? But you, so you take the opportunity against who? Because all they don't want to do is get beat off City and Liverpool. 
I, I want to beat Everton, I want to beat Tottenham, right, I want okay. to beat Arsenal, I want to beat Chelsea. And their games now are going into him. Yeah, I think we could win. But I didn't think that at the start of the season. When we were playing Tottenham, when we got beat 6-2, I thought we kind of gifted him quite a few goals because we were absolutely shocking. But I didn't go into that game thinking we're going well, to beat played, you... Well, you played, 10 men... you played 60 minutes with 10 men, so it doesn't, that generally no, doesn't help. A few of the goals we give him were, were scandalous. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I just, I just don't think like, it's easy to look back and go now. Oh yeah, you should have done more. But I, I, I know it's not. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that for United last season, we we need to close the gap, and that's fine. United have closed the gap massively this season, and you are top of the league. But even you've said to me now that you don't expect to be at the end of the season. But why not? Because because I watched Manchester City play against us. I know that they're a much better team. What in in a and what in a drag nil nil draw? So I'm that's fine. So you, 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 but two weeks before that, it was a horror nil nil draw, and the league like the, the league yeah, cup's a lot game. City, are, City could they win their game in hand? They go they go ahead of us, and then the way City are playing, I can't see them losing. Liverpool, you get you get a couple of central defenders back. Move Jordan Nelson back up up front. Jota comes back oh, in. Oh, yeah, and then not going to get put a run together. You, you've you've not gone to bad teams overnight, haven't you? And there's a reason you were thirty points ahead of us at the end of last season. To claim that we've made up thirty points on you, and we're, we're suddenly this like title conquering team when we signed Edison Cavani and it, Donny Van Der Beek. Like, it's ridiculous to say. We're, we're, we've not met. We're still not at them levels. We are in a position based on. Injuries that City have had, injuries that you've had, and the topsy-turvy nature of the league and whatever's gone on. And we, we're, we're in the best position that we no one imagined us to be in. So, yeah, let's see how far we can go. But I'm not saying if we lose the league from this point on, then it's been a disaster of a season. I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying it's been a disaster of a season. I think in the last three seasons, I think that you, you needed 100 points to win the league. What I'm saying, and he, by the by the time you get to this this stage of the season, you're thinking, well, we're not going to we're not going to get ninety points. We physically can't get ninety points or whatever. This season, this season, what I'm saying is, yeah, this no. season isn't like that. This season almost feels like the year Leicester won the league, where they got eighty-one points or whatever it was. You only need to get to eighty-one points. So the City game doesn't potentially might not even matter. You could lose six 0 to City. It doesn't really matter. You just need to try and get to eighty-one points because ultimately City might be running out of steam again, and they might go through another phase where they lose. I don't know. They, they drop points in six games or whatever over the course of the next 10 games. I don't know. Something might happen to Diaz and Stones. Anything could happen. But what I'm saying is that, that I get the expectations at the beginning of the season weren't you're going to win the league, but you, you're top going into I the new rather, year. And I don't see any... I would what, rather focus beating the other 16, 17 teams in the table that aren't United, City and Liverpool than... But... but, but but that's fine. But I'm not talking about City. I'm not just talking about City and Liverpool. Whatever happens in them games happens in them games. I, what, the only thing I would say about the Liverpool game that's just gone is that yeah, at the beginning of the season, I would have, I would have absolutely, we, we should have, we should, we should win that game at the beginning of last season. The champions playing at home against United, who have not had a really, really good, particularly great season last year. We should have been winning that game. Fast forward 19 games on, and actually, it's a completely different kettle of fish. With the form that Fernandez is in, with the fact that we haven't scored for four games, what I'm saying is, it's it's a missed opportunity for you to for you to have have gone and won. And I know that he brought because, like you said, it's a, it was a more defensive. He played McTominay, Fred, and um, 
and Pogba. Whereas I think he brought Cavani on, or did he bring Cavani on for somebody else? I can't remember now. Did he take Fred off? No, or he made off? attacking. Well, he made attacking subs because he brought Cavani on and Greenwood, so he didn't shore up the defense and try and get the nil nil. He did try and influence it going forward. But you've played. But you've played almost a four. You've played a four. You've played more of a four three three. Pop was playing where he's played for the last couple of weeks, but yeah. Look, I. That's all. That's all. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it's going to be a disappointing season for United. But ultimately, expectation expectations um, situations change throughout the course of the season. Anything. anything yeah, but then do. Like, I, I, I know what you're saying, but I just think like I United, think, United, Liverpool at Anfield. I don't think form goes out the window, doesn't it? It's a massive game. It's like a derby game. It's a, it's, it is one of the big derby games, and it's just all. I just don't think that you can. You come away with what you can get, and if you take a point, you take a point. And then you build, and you go from there and see where you end up. I mean, we can't beat Newcastle on West Brom, so it doesn't really matter. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I just I don't think. At the, I think at this situation, anybody can win the league. And I know what we're saying about City, the first team to win five games in a row this season, but I still don't think United are going to be that far behind City and. Um, any extra points that United can get. I mean, I don't. Th- I don't think anybody can look not winning the league this year. I know everybody keeps um, saying, "Oh, this person can't win the league," or "This person can't win the league," or "This team can't win the league." Or, but it, the way the season's going, who's going to know what's going to happen in the second half of the season? So, I don't know. Yeah, going to be exciting to watch, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I tell you, I tell you, won't be in the title um, race, just- Chelsea. Well, yeah, I was just gonna, I was just going to move on to them. I think I, 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 so. Have they lost then? Yeah, two 0 off Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's on. I think Arsenal are only two points behind them now. I tell you, the the worst thing about Chelsea is, like we said previously, they spent so much money on attackers. They're not really setting the world light in terms of going forward, and they're just conceding a ton of goals. What is the point? Frank, Frank, Frank's got to be under pressure. Somebody said, "Well, didn't they talk? It wasn't a talk of bringing was it Avram Grant that, back yeah. in or to to help him or? Well, what's what's Hiddink doing these days? Somebody somebody said the only thing stopping him taking over is the travel ban on the country he's currently. Surprised <laughs> not got him on some. He can't, he can't have that many games left in him that he's going to get beat and still survive." They've got to get into. They've got to get into well, the Champions the League places, is, surely. That, it's got to be a bare minimum. I think we. Any other, any other Chelsea manager in the in the uh, Abramovich era wouldn't have lasted as long as Lampard has. Absolutely. This, this that would have been that would have this tonight would have been the game that he probably would have got sacked. I just. Yeah, yeah. And all this money that they're talking about, and it's um, it's Mason Mount again. That's the one that's. Taking all the plaudits. I mean, when we played Chelsea at the back end of last season, Christian Pulisic, I think he only played for twenty minutes. I think he scored a goal, and I think he scored a goal and set one up. He looked like a, he looked like a, a world beater. What on earth happened to him this year? And I don't know. And the same with Hudson Odoi. So they've kept him. They've paid him an absolute fortune to keep him and give him a big contract for five years. And I don't. And he, I just don't know what Chelsea's best team is or what. I know they played obviously Reese James and Ben Chilwell. They've signed the uh, they've signed Ben Chilwell to play as an, an attacking fullback. But then I don't know what the I don't know what the midfield mix is. I get that Mount's supposed to be this Lampard type figure that gets into the box and scores goals. 
Um, Kovacic is supposed to keep it ticking over and, and, and Kante is the, is the, is the holding midfielder. But where does Havertz fit in that? Havertz played as a, as a 10 in, in, um, or, a, or a second striker and they, they're playing him out wide or out. It just, it just doesn't seem to work. And they've spent, they spent £80 million on a player that isn't playing each week. And I, I guess young players from different leagues take time to adjust. But, I mean, the only thing that could have gone worse with Liverpool season this year is if we'd signed Werner at the beginning of the season. <laughs> uh, well, here you go. Last eight results, they've won two, drawn one, lost five. That is dire form, isn't it? it they just—I—I I don't know. Like I say, if they were—if they were banging in, if they were getting beat four-three every game, you'd go, "Oh well, at least they're entertaining to watch." Not even doing that. They only just scraped a win against Fulham, didn't they? No, they didn't beat. Oh, I yeah, think they drew one all at Fulham, didn't no, they? No, they won, didn't they? Oh, they match. No, they, yeah. just got a, they got a draw. No, that was Fulham Tottenham that was a draw. Yeah, yeah I just think he's... I can't see him seeing out the season. But then I said this about Arteta and look where they, what, they're on a bit of a run now, aren't they? But they're still poor. Yeah, but Arsenal haven't spent, spent any money, not really, at the beginning of the season, whereas he spent £200 million. And they're talking about... The thing is, if, if, they're, if they're pinning all their hopes this year... To spend a bucket load more money because I mean Chelsea have got a, Chelsea squad squad still pretty big. You still think there's players like they've still got Marcus Alonso on the books who, who's never going to get a game again. Um, there's other players that Chelsea have got who they could generate fifty million pound from. I don't know it's any old sales and just getting rid of some of the dross that they've still got in the squad. I mean they've still got Ruben Loftus Cheek on on loan. He's been on loan now for what two seasons at, at two different Premier League clubs. Oh, um, a Babo Ramond still on the on the books. You know the left back they signed years ago. Oh God, Kennedy's still on the yeah. books. Um, I think Victor Moses is still got, there. Like, Thirty odd players out on loan. They... Yeah, yeah, because Lucas Piazon left the other yeah. day. And uh, he came up with some of the players. I think uh, maybe Marco Van, Van Ginkel. I mean, might Simon, I reckon there. if you just turned up at Chelsea's training ground, you could get away with claiming. Yeah. <laughs> if I just say, hey, uh, Andre yeah. Villas-Boas signed me. Do you not remember? <laughs> I've been on loan at Airdrie <laughs> United for the last yeah. three seasons. Bakayoko's still there. He's yeah. playing Milan. Danny, Danny Drinkwater's just gone back to... He's gone to um, Turkey, hasn't he? Turkey. Right. I, I read the article. It was to to kickstart his career. It's like he's, surely, surely that's gift for sale. I won the Premier League, but I've got to kickstart my career but back, now. But Bakayoko's gone to Milan and Milan are top of the league. I mean, obviously he's not. I mean, I think a lot of that's to do with Latan. It's not Bakayoko in in the middle of his field that's doing the wonders for Milan. But he's now gone to a team that's going to probably win Serie A. So I'd, I. I, I, I always, know. but they, there's no way that he's going to go to a I team. Tell you, that's not in what always league. makes me no wonder, way. like Chilwell's gone back to Leicester tonight playing, and then what? Like, what do you think as a player who's went for big money to a so-called bigger team, and then you end up being below them in the table and seeing Leicester doing so? Like, do you reckon they just throughout the whole game just going, "What the fuck have I done? Like, why did I make that move?" <laughs> <laughs> Fat Frank. No, because I, I reckon I reckon if you're Chilwell, you probably are thinking I'll outlast Frank, even if it doesn't. Get, you know, if you stay at Chelsea for five years, you probably will win some stuff. 
Well, he, he, goes yeah. looks at his, he goes home and looks at his online banking. And yeah. says, oh, I'm, I'm I mean, the right choice is. Well, yeah, Leicester might be ahead of them now, but they won't yeah, win right, anything, right, will right. they? And so Chelsea, Chelsea sack Lampard. Do you reckon Rodgers could go to Chelsea? Yeah, that seems to be the that seems to be the talk. I don't I, I don't think he'd leave at the minute. I think maybe at the end of the season he, he'd probably leave, but I don't think he'd leave mid season. Not unless they were. Well, that's him. what a Celtic <laughs> fan thought. No, yeah, I suppose yeah. so. I don't know. Maybe maybe I know he's because he, he was at Chelsea the, um, as a coach, wasn't he? So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe that's something he, he absolutely desires to do. But then he's got he was burned before, wasn't he, from leaving Celtic? So I don't know whether or not he, he's going to want to do it again, but. Probably thinks he might not get the. Well, I, I, I don't know. He, at the minute, at the minute, Leicester probably should have got into the Champions League positions last season. So unless they have another run at the back end of this season where they absolutely collapse, um, mm. but they're only they're only thirty. They're, they're only thirty points away from what they got last season. So unless they have a complete disaster at the back end of this season, then. But if, I mean, if it's not Lampard, I mean, there's enough big name managers that are out there, but it's an awful lot of money to bring. <laughs> I like Ray that's obviously that's still yeah, he said he's a lot of big name job. managers out there but Chelsea I mean, have been through most of them yeah well Phil Neville's gone now so they can't get Phil <laughs> Neville so. Graham Alexander got sacked by Salford so he's available <laughs> oh, no he's back uh, he's at Motherwell now I think. yeah he got a job he's got another job and Neil Lennon yeah. will soon be available <laughs> you think Tony Pugh Tony Pulis. I mean, I mean, the thing Already is, out. Big Sam can't last much longer at West Brom the way they're playing. <laughs> they should, uh, they should have like a super group. Should bring like Harry Redknapp, Mark Hughes, Tony Pulis. Just bring them all together. Pardew in charge of nice out. Got the job. All they do is find Rampart on a free. Get... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he won't be out of the club. He should be back in straight away. <laughs> Did, did you not see? Did you not see that? Um, obviously, you must have seen that this this sea shanty meme that's been going around this season. I think Harry Redknapp um, tweeted one, uh, uh, put one on Instagram. It was him, Nico Cranchar, Peter Crouch, and Domain Defoe saying, "Should we get the boys back together?" <laughs> Harry, Harry Redknapp are just having a what is it? What is he doing now? Foot asylum. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an odd. He's just having a kid out under armour gear. Well, that and he has his—he has his annual jolly round uh, round Europe with us, <laughs> with, the, with the alcoholic England see, players. See if he can kill off Razor Ruddock by giving a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for one of them to say this program is dedicated to Razor Ruddock. Yeah. He made it to the top of the Swiss Alps, but no further. <laughs> In a, in a few years' time, what is, what is it that's been just been accomplished recently? K two in the window. Yeah. That's what. That's what. <laughs> give it. Give it. Give it five years, and that's what they'll be doing. Yeah. What well, you saying? Chris Waddle might be the second man to complete that task. Dragging John Barnes behind him. <laughs> well, the thing he's just done. Um, did you? Oh, did you two, either of you two watch Mass Singer? Glenn Glenn Hoddle was on the Mass Singer at the weekend, singing along in a in a. Grandfather no, I, I, I keep up with who's gone every week because it's on the BBC website, but I don't watch it. Yeah, Grayson's obsessed by it, so we watch it. We have to watch it every Saturday. So yeah, so I, I didn't. I mean, he, he, I mean, to be fair, he's got quite. He, he had quite a good voice with him. To be fair, for what, what diamond he was singing, light. But, yeah, maybe that's uh, no. Um, what was he singing? 
can't remember what he was singing or some some swing song or whatever it was. But I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't. Considering that, considering he commentates on most BT Sport, like I could not get his voice, I could not get his voice, his singing voice or whatever it was. So he, he managed to hide it really well. I had no idea it was Glenn Oddie. Favourite Simon. I'm not a big fan of Glenn Oddle, no. <laughs> anyway, should we move on to cricket, Simon? Yeah, the cricket's been been thrilling. So this morning, uh, as we record this, India beat Australia in Australia, uh, winning the final test of the series at the Gabba, which is in Brisbane. And I think Australia hadn't lost there since like the eighties or something. And uh, 88, yeah. And um, the in- India team was quite depleted. You know, Virat Kohli only played the first game. I think Bumrah was injured. Ashwin was injured. And there'd be a bit of beef earlier on in the series when, in one of the test matches, Tim Payne, the Australia captain, had when they were struggling to get Ashwin out, had turned to him. Uh, Tim Payne sort of quite likes a, a funny phrase and like sometimes for funny quips. And also, he think he just quite likes to play up to the sort of tough Australian Australians like a sort of tough rugged guy who plays hard and that kind of yeah and that kind of fits into their psyche a bit and makes you very popular in, in Australia so he, he'll often like I think he noticeably makes sure he does it within earshot of the stump microphone will sort of say something to, uh, to to the opposition knowing it'll get picked up but he was sort of calling out Ashwin and he was like oh I can't wait to get to take can't wait to get you to the Gabba and Ashwin at the time replied saying, oh, I can't wait to get you back to India. We're going to end your career. Um, <laughs> but as it happens, it's all come sooner than, uh, than Ashwin had predicted because I think Payne will be under a lot of pressure. India chased down, I think, 300 and something today. And they needed, it was, it was kind of the, the only thing, it was, it was a test match that very much showcases the, the T20 era we live in. Because I think going into the final hour, India had about five wickets in hand, needed about 60 runs. And, you know, if this was England with Alistair Cook, you feel they would have just sort of laid anchor and try and bat out and not lose the wickets. But Rishabh Pant just chased them down and uh, a famous victory for them. And England also won this week, beat Sri Lanka in Sri Lanka um, with uh, Joe Root got a big got hundred. So, country, yeah, exciting times. Yeah. I mean, the the India-Australia oh, no. result is quite important to England, isn't it? Because they go to India next, don't they, England? And then in the winter, it's the Ashes, isn't it? So, Yeah, well, I've got... I mean, it's bad omens for England going to India. I think India in form... And that, they, were, that, they were without Coley, so Coley's on paternity leave. And I feel like England are playing there sort of next month. India will be at home with Coley back in the team. And Ashwin will be back, and I feel like I feel like Don Best might not be up to it, but um, it could be it could be a long few Test matches for England if uh, <laughs> depending on how, how it goes. But yeah, all very exciting. I mean, obviously the the the, the highlight of the of the Test was the uh, the lone Barmy Army man on top of the castle. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of a chance for him, isn't he? I'm not sure about him because. I mean, the story is that he basically, England was supposed to play Sri Lanka this time last year. He'd gone out to watch it, then it got cancelled. But he just decided to stay in Sri Lanka on lockdown. He was just like, I'll just, in lockdown, I'll just stay here for a year. You think, what's going on with his life? He's like in his 30s. He's not a young backpacker. I I just don't know what's going on. You're in Australia, right, Simon? (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly, yeah, I think so. And there's an age when you need to have stopped doing that. And <laughs> so, when, um, what was the debutant for England? Was it David Lawrence? Oh, Daniel, Daniel Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, Daniel Lawrence. And what, yeah. did he get 70? You got 70 odd, didn't you? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got 70 odd. Now I was listening to a Test Match Special on what, or the commentary on the BBC, whatever it is, on whatever day it was. And then obviously uh, it got to T and then Rain stopped playing, didn't it, I think. And then they got his dad on to talk to him. And uh, they would say, oh, how are you feeling? And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, brilliant. Oh, oh, fantastic. Don't know what to say. And then, honestly, the next three questions, he answered them with that same phrase over and over again. And then they went, oh, it seems like Rain's going to stop playing. Can we keep you on the line to ask a few more questions? He was like, yeah, brilliant. I thought, no, please don't. He's the worst guest. He's just not saying anything. <laughs> not giving you any insight. Well, didn't he... Um... After about fifteen minutes, did he say, "Is this live or something oh. like that?" He thought he was being. He thought it was all recorded. I just he thought. Didn't it was live. This is one of the worst Literally. interviews. But I think is it Jonathan Agnew? I think was doing it. I thought fair play for stringing this out. You've killed yeah. fifteen minutes. Well, did you see the clip? Um, so Agnew is commentating from his own home. Obviously, because of COVID, they haven't sent all the commentators out. So he's commentating from Sky TV, and he um, England England got a wicket the other day. Joe Root took a catch. And then he, he's, Agnew thought the next ball, England had got another wicket, but it was just a replay. <laughs> but he'd like, he'd like fully gone in on it. Because yeah. he even said that it looks like it, it looked it's almost the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Identical delivery. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh. Um, and then, um, just quickly, just um, we'll just move back to football before we leave. The um, the Manchester City third goalkeeper issue has, has made the news again, and uh, Pep Guardiola apparently is not very happy. Uh, did you hear about this yesterday? No. Well, that is he in the market for a new third goalkeeper? You're at <laughs> no, Chelsea quite the opposite. now. So he wants. So, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that Scott Carson is actually only on loan at Manchester City from from oh. Derby. So um, there's an there's current agreement in place that Dab that uh, City play Dab the City pay Derby five hundred thousand pounds every transfer window to keep him on loan, um, and Pep Guardiola wants to sign Scott Carson on a, like a, a, an eighteen month deal or a twelve month deal to, to so that I'm, I'm assuming that they don't have to keep him on loan and keep paying this money, but as per the loan agreement, Derby have turned this down because the loan the, the the loan money that they're receiving for Scott Carson is helping to pay the, the place wages at Derby because they were late paying the wages. Well, more in, in more Tell you what, so, whoever's negotiated that for Derby County, yeah. fair play. I hope they got a good Christmas bonus. It was probably... Was that Rooney's <laughs> first move? Denied. They're getting a million pounds a year for not having Scott Carson. Yeah. Thing. Well, I, th- I don't know. If it, I, I think they said that one of the instalments is five hundred thousand pounds. They get that in Jan. They get that either in January at the beginning of Feb, and that that will help pay the players' wa- that Derby's players' wages for that, either for that month or for a, a, sp- a specific period of time. I don't know if it was a, a month or whatnot, but because um, I think Derby were late paying the players in December. 
So I don't know if there's back pay or whatever. I think they've sorted the whole pay situation out, but it, it's obviously helping their income, especially with other no fans. How is well, City? How is City's crack team of negotiators and multi-millionaires that's supposed to be the finest <laughs> on the planet been outdone by Derby County's negotiators? <laughs> like, what, what world does that live in? That, <laughs> that shouldn't happen, should it? And whoever whoever it was at Manchester City who scouted Diaz. He must come back and turn to the other people that are out, the other scouts, and say, "What on earth are you lads Do you doing? <laughs> What's going on here? Do you <laughs> I'm unearthing. I'm unearthing the best European centre halves there are. <laughs> you can't find a goalkeeper for a million pounds a year that's better than Scott Carson. It's just like uh, some kids have got a work experience. Ah, oh, this is an easy one. Just get Scott Carson in. <laughs> I'll give you a million pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're never going to have kids from that. Yeah, David, that, that. <laughs> Darby must have gone, yeah, it's just the same loan agreement as last year. We just pushed it in front of them and then they just signed it and walked off. And it's, it's a completely different loan agreement. But if I can find the story, if I find the story when we finish, I mean, I'll send it to you. But I think, because I think, I think Carson's not very happy about it because it potentially means he's going to get 18 months Eighteen months still at, at Manchester City, and I'm not sure if the. I think the deal runs out. It might have been a two-year loan deal. I'm not sure, but I think the deal runs out at the end of this season. And obviously, Manchester City decide to go a different way and and, and get a younger, you know, more hungry third goalkeeper. Oh, oh maybe, older. In his, in his maybe, maybe they'll double down. Maybe, it'll maybe. Nig- Nigel Martin will be there next year. Martin Banks. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so the, so he, he uh, so Scott Carson's not happy that he might miss out another eighteen months at, at Manchester City, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. If I mean, the, the only way this deal could have been any better if Davy brought a clause saying Scott Carson can never retire and he's there for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An eighty-year-old Scott Carson's turned up to training. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah, so you might need to. You might you might need to get your gloves ready, Simon. They might be needing you. Oh, I mean, if, well, who are we going to send as negotiators? <laughs> you two. I, I, well, I, I'd think, be... I think Grayson should go because Cheesy's been putting what in the hard yards in the maths with me. <laughs> 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 can you use some imperative verbs? You'll be fine. I'll tell you what, Ross. If you negotiate me a half million pound oh. fee... Then I'll buy I'll buy you a pizza. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> one one a week. Yeah. I mean at the minute just one a day. <laughs> <laughs> you can just buy me pizza over it instead. Yeah. Teach oh. <laughs> teach give a man a face. No, because the thing with a pizza oven, you have to cook a. I, I'm not going to stick a Morrison's two pound pizza in a pizza oven, am I? I get a flip. I get, I a, I get a log-fired pizza from for the garden, and then I get a two-pound cheese and tomato pizza from Morrison's and chuck that in. Seems a bit of a waste to go to all that effort. Yeah, but... Well, when you want a pizza, though, you want a pizza. If you've only got a pizza, well, I, and then... I, I've got a normal oven in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose people always think romantically about a pizza oven outside, don't they? But you won't be having to nip outside in this weather well, to go and make pizza. It's just nipping outside, is it? No, it's lighting the fire that goes along with a log fired pizza oven. I just think it's, it's getting that it's getting that big handle thing out of the shed, isn't it? Whatever that, exactly. that thing they use. 
the paddle. And then you've got to make your own dough. I just think, oof. I mean, I wasn't thinking authentic pizza over there. So you can, I'm sure you can buy a tabletop pizza for electric rock for about 80 quid. Oh, well. I'm going... I'm to buy a bigger house. I'm an all-or-nothing kind of guy. It's either... And it, I mean, it sounds like it'd be a lot of effort, Ross, particularly given that for you, the pizza would just be the side dish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still have to go and pick, the, pick the your salad, salad wouldn't you? salad topped with He's pizza. Got... <laughs> <laughs> You'd have, to, you'd have to build an allotment as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we'll have to, we'll have to, you'll have to try that next time we go out. But imagine that, though. Imagine, imagine you've got so accustomed to having your pizza in a pizza when, when you got back off a night out and you thought, oh, I've got a pizza in a bit. You then went out and started a log fire and then made your own dough and proved it and then rolled it out and created your own tomato I mean, sauce from scratch and did that. It takes a bit of the fun away, doesn't what, it? What could, what could go wrong 11 pints deep, lighting a log fire? I mean, when you get over at 3 o'clock in the morning, when you I, um, pizza by 8 o'clock, you'd be a bit disappointed, wouldn't you? <laughs> when I used to live, uh, I briefly lived with this Portuguese guy called Hugo, and sometimes we'd go out for a few drinks, and I remember he was like, after we'd had, we'd had a few drinks, and he was like, oh, should we get some food? And I thought he meant we'll stop off and get a kebab somewhere, but he, we didn't. We went back to the flat, and he sort of grilled <laughs> some bread to eat so a bit of olive oil, and it was delightful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. But if you can do it drunk, then why not? And the Continentals are, are, are doing I it mean, better than us. Established, I can't keep my change in my back pocket before the kids nick it after, after I've been on that. <laughs> <laughs> so clockings, I think, is a bit susceptible. <laughs> right. It's been great to chat. It has. Always a pleasure. Yes, we might. So, um, obviously, we couldn't do the whole... The, we couldn't record while um, Sunday because... Um, I didn't. I don't have Sky, but possibly obviously because it's on the BBC on 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 Sunday. We could. I won't be in work on Sunday, so we could. If you want to, if you want to do it on Sunday, then we can do oh, it. Well, there's a. Pro- I'll have to speak to other people in the household before I make that decision on my own. Quite boldly. Okay. Yeah. It is on a half, but it is on at quite a bad time. But yeah. We'll see. Anyway. We'll see. If not, yeah. we'll be here next week anyway, so... Okay, we'll speak to you all soon then. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.